Okay, I thought coincidentally he nah, he nah, bought nah, something nah, that was nah. hamster related. Yeah, yeah. Thing ran over. Their paws worked just like our fingers. What did you buy last night? Like four in the morning. <laughs> oh well, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna believe this. But and then she's like, "You're right. I don't believe it." Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. Today we are going to discuss two games. We are going to discuss a game called Red Trigger and a game called Gravitas. These are both first-person puzzle games similar to... I guess I would say similar to like the Portal antechamber style, somewhere in between. I've enjoyed both of them. I do have some issues with some of the levels on Red Trigger, but <laughs> overall, I enjoyed them. Just some quick info. Red Trigger was developed and published by one person, Maxime Vazima. Yeah. Or sorry, I think it's Vazina. In fact, I'm going to read the description <laughs> they put uh, when we actually get into that section. It's from 2016, very positive ratings, and we've got uh, 1,948 currently overall. And best of all, it's free. Yay! It will take you... In the description of the game on the store page, they say 40 minutes to an hour, but it took me more than an hour. But maybe that's just because I'm not very good. <laughs> I, think it took, I think it took me about the same, yeah. But it didn't, definitely didn't take me 40 minutes. That's a very low ball estimate, I think. It took me about an hour and a half, I would say. So this guy, uh, Maxime, he lives in Canada. He had a Twitter page, and it was because I was looking through it, and it looked like he just vanished after making this game. So if you go to the Steam store page and look up what's his next game. This is it. This is it. So it's like, hmm. Well, so, vanished or ended up working for a company. Too. Well, that's the thing. But his Twitter handle has been dead since he hasn't used he hasn't used it since September first, twenty eighteen. Is it Red Trigger? Is that his handle? So no, no, he's got his own one. Okay. Um, but actually, I found the official kind of Red Trigger Twitter page, and that one, the last message was actually on September twenty third, twenty twenty, and it said, "Stay tuned for some exciting news in the next few weeks." Oh, so okay. This might be, well, it's Tammy Fraz, but by the time this airs, <laughs> maybe something will be actually happening or something will be more official or maybe even dropped by that point. So some people are saying, like, is it a Red Trigger 2? I'd play it. I'd buy it, even. So I like Red Trigger. I only discovered this game because I was foil hunting for cards. And Red Trigger has, like, as far as I can tell, the most expensive set of cards on Steam. Hang on, have a look at that. It's about 120 bucks to buy outright. Look at the prices on those cards. Oh, to get all five, you mean? Yeah, to, to, so if you want the foil badge and you... I thought free games couldn't have cards. Me too. I don't know how this managed to get around it. Because a lot of them don't. But maybe, I don't know, maybe if they pass some kind of uh, level. I don't know. I've got no idea. But Red Trigger has cards. And, and foil cards. And for a free game, yeah. it's got the most expensive cards, which is just so weird. Look at that, 22 bucks for that one, 35, that's the most, oh no, no, 53 is the most expensive one, that's for one card. Granted, that's someone probably just throwing up an insane price, that's pretty crazy, and it's less than another game that I found, which was called Eversion. Eversion is about, that Red Trigger was about 122 bucks, this is about 118 or something like that, but Eversion has a much cooler badge than that one, that's just a gold virus badge. That's pretty awesome. I want that badge. <laughs> but I'm not going to spend 120 bucks on it. <laughs> no, no. You'll spend 30 on gems. gems. <laughs> yeah. Get it to drop, yeah. The other game we're going to talk about is Gravitas. Gravitas, for me, is a much more polished game, but it also had a whole team of people working on it. It is a huge game for what it is. It's close to 7 gigabytes. Yeah, I wrote that down as well. Hour. Yeah, yeah Red Trigger's like, what, six or 700? And yeah, this one was like, whoa, okay, seven gigs. Fair enough. But overwhelmingly positive with 3,700 reviews, and it's only from last year. Like, this game is one that people have found quickly and wanted to say something good about it. Dev and publisher for this is Galaxy Shark Studios. I'm very curious to see what they do next. What I would say is it is a, a big game. But it is free, and it's amazing that it is free. It looks beautiful, it plays well, and it has a very solid short story. 
I think that it just works very well. If you have the portal itch, Gravitas will scratch it in just over an hour. Mm. The the Gravitas uh, Twitter page is pretty funny as well. They've got, I don't know, they do a lot of good kind of marketing stuff. They're very active on their thing, but it's not actually, you won't find it under Gravitas. You'll find it under uh, the curator. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, for those of you who haven't played yet, because we're still in the spoiler-free section, the curator is your main character. He's the Wheatley of Gravitas. The, Wheat- the Wheatley, yeah. So that's pretty cool. They've they've got a good Twitter page. They they seem very active, and it's only it's been what like I think it's even just over a year or just under a year that they released this game. So just over a year as we're recording now, right? Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do next as well. And that's kind of it. I don't know that we really need to push too hard to get you to play these. They're free. <laughs> Although I do that a lot, man. I see people's activity on the feed and that's like oh it's a free game and i'll i'll even add it to wishlist i won't even bother downloading it yet i I just i've got all these paid games that i need to get through so i kind of put the free ones on the back burner whereas i should just treat them just like as games and just play them but like mandagon still got that wishlisted haven't installed it i've got tons of free games i do the same thing but it's not that they're they're backlisted just like every other game that i have but when i want a short experience, I think that's when I want to come to something that's free. Yeah, yeah. These hour experiences are great to break up when I'm, say, for example, uh, we've talked before about my month in The Witcher 3. It was nice occasionally. I don't want to get stuck into another game at the same time, another big game at the same time, but I can take an hour out and do something different and break that up if I want. So I leave them there so I don't forget they exist on my wish list. Yeah, right? just like you do. But I don't see myself as putting them on the back burner like I'll never get to them. I'll get to them when I'm in the mood for a short experience or yeah. when I want to try something that is very different. But I know that some people have that mentality of if it's free, then it must not be worth playing. I really want to break that mentality. I don't think that that's the way we should be looking at things. These games are both worth playing and they're both free. Go do it now. Yeah, definitely. Free does not equal bad. Or if you've already played them, then stay tuned for the spoiler section. Let's talk about Red Trigger first. Mm-hmm. You found this one. Yep. And you recommended it. Where should we begin? Should we begin with the description they have on the store page? Sure, go for it. Okay, let me pull it up on my phone. Now, this is the about section, not the little blurb at the top, but the, uh, the further down bigger one, part. Right. Yeah. Red Trigger is a first-person shooter FPS puzzle game, which it is. The player incarnates a virus called Red Trigger and tries to corrupt a computer system. You have the ability to shoot red blocks to expand or retract them, but you can only expand three at a time, so you must manage your energy wisely. The red blocks can be used in many different ways, like, for example, making platforms, but also blocking lasers, holding doors open, powering systems, and propelling yourself. The game lasts for about 40 minutes to one hour plus, which we both said was... (laughs) Depending on the player, and was developed by me in Unreal Engine 4 as my final project at NAD University in Montreal. I've worked on the game seven days a week for 15 weeks. Red Trigger also won the prize of Choice of the Industry at Imaginad in May of 2016. And it says to follow the Twitter, but like you said, the Twitter is probably not the best place at the moment. So, so it, was a, it was a school project then? It seems like it, yeah. Hmm. And pretty amazing. I would have given if, him an A. If this was in 15 weeks, that's pretty amazing, especially considering that it's one person. Yeah. When we start the game, we start being pulled backwards onto a platform, and already we're left in this minimalistic, somewhat kind of antechamber style of art, but beautiful. Yeah, very simple. I, I looked at it as a bit of a... It's not as neon as Tron, but I looked at it in a kind of like old school Tron kind of way. But I like I like the beginning because there's just no messing around. It's just like, there you are. The stairs come in in front of you like out of nowhere. And then, bloop, all of a sudden a gun just materializes in your hand. And it's like, okay, go for it. <laughs> I love that. I love the way it looks. I love the way the sound effects play into it. And good music as well. It's got a good soundtrack. Yeah, apparently the soundtrack is available, which... Is the type of thing you might be yeah, yeah. getting, right? As 
far as opening the game, did you read that section, the about section? No. <laughs> so did you have any idea that you were a computer virus? <laughs> well, no. I thought I was a robot because I even wrote that down because I, I, I did I hadn't even read it until well today now because it's like my opening blurb was like oh you're some kind of robot and you have a gun that can do things. <laughs> so yeah, but by the end of the game, you kind of know. You do kind of know at that point, yeah. I had read just the first couple lines of it, so I knew the premise. Right. It kind of reminded me of the old school days where you'd have to know what the story is by reading it in the manual yeah. that came with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't even really need it, but I think at the end, I would have been a bit shocked that that's what this is. But since I knew that going in, it didn't shock me, and it actually it felt natural. I was like, okay. Yeah. Each each level I got to, I'm like, okay, is this the one where I'm going to shut down everything? Is this the one? Yeah. Is this the one? Yeah, because at the beginning, I thought it was just some kind of Turing test or something like that for this, this robot. But yeah, there were weird things, like the gun just suddenly appearing in your hand. It's like, well, yeah, it makes sense that you're inside a computer program and it's just been downloaded onto you. It's a simple enough plot. And yeah, like you said, it, it looks great. It works. It does what it does. And I don't know. For the most part, the mechanics are fairly smooth, but there's definitely some points where I was tearing what's left of my hair out. Right. We'll get to that. Yep. As we start, we have only two energy slots. I think that is to teach you to reserve your energy or to be wise with it, because you need to activate three things to get across. There are two bars that come out from the wall and one platform that comes up from the floor. You can either, you learn this later, you can shoot each thing individually to give it energy or take the energy away, but there's also, very quickly after this, a button to remove all energy and get it back into your gun. Yeah. Which was great. I think that that worked very well. (laughs) Yeah. After you get across, there's an energy shield that grants you your third energy bar and will also, pretty much no matter what you do, if you go through this, it resets your gun to full. Yeah. Which is also a very nice mechanic. I like that. Yeah. So that means you don't have to worry about always making sure that you load up your gun before you get to the next room. Yeah, because it kind of shows you that, okay, you've done that. You can forget about that last room. You don't need to worry. Because I would be worried about constantly conserving energy that way. But this is like just a reset button. Like, okay, you finished that puzzle. Move on now. This is the next the next room. It, in some ways, is like the elevator in Portal, where you know that once you've hit that cutscene and you're on the elevator, everything is going to start over again. And I like that. I do really like these kind of segmented level first-person games, I think. Yeah, I mean, like the whole Emancipation Grill thing, like that within the levels in Portal where you know it's like, okay, I can't take this through. Although some people beg to differ and have managed to sneak things in, Talos Principle style. But like, like that, that mechanic, again, I know we talk far too much about Portal, but they did it so well. And it, it, it's plain to see that they did it so well because everybody copies them. I don't know if they've, I would necessarily say copy, but they've imitated, they've used a lot of the same mechanics, the same style. Well, that's kind of copying, isn't it? <laughs> I think there's a difference. You know, I mean, I mean, I was saying, em- if em- you're emulate saying them or emulating, yeah. I would say copying to me would be somebody well, not cut and pasting. Yeah, yeah, trying to <laughs> make the exact same levels, but well, that's not I what mean, they're doing. Yeah, the gravity gun thing in Gravitas is basically a light bridge. <laughs> it even looks the same. <laughs> it is, but they've done some different things with it, and yeah. that's what's always going to happen. I think. Yeah. But they've done, yeah, that's what I mean. They've done, they've done it tastefully, and it's, yeah, it does stand apart. And and what I like about Red Tricker is it's simple. It's simple, but it was bad. It was hard at the beginning. Like some of those puzzles, especially the one, I think it's the one that comes right after that first one you just mentioned, where you finally get to see, you get on a platform and you have to activate it, and it goes around and you got to duck under the thing to get across. I think that's level two. And that was my first fail. I was like into the lava or whatever it was immediately. Bloop. But yeah. The, the antivirus or something. I guess so, yeah. But no, I do like how you, like what you read in the description as well. It's like you got these red blocks. It is to create platforms, but you can like trampoline yourself into the air. You can actually use it to hit you like a baseball across the screen. I love it when games do that where they have one simple mechanic, but they want you to think outside the box and use it to do different things. And Red Trigger does it well. We're going to get onto a rotating platform, 
And I will say that pretty much any time I have to get onto a rotating platform, does not matter the game. It's tricky. It's not too bad with this one as far as some of them are slower. And so it's not too bad. But the first one I found very tricky because you have to get the platform to come up and then jump on it quickly before it gets away. And I don't know how many times I fell. I fell <laughs> and a few times. Instant, instant death. <laughs> and you have to wait for it to reload up. It's the type of thing that I think that first kind of puzzle like that, the platform that pops out shouldn't be hidden by a wall yeah. off to the right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem with a couple of the puzzles is having to look one place to shoot while you actually need to be paying attention to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't to. look in two places at the same time. And there's one level, I think it might even be the next one, where it's the timed level, the first kind of time level that we get to where you have to be doing something midair. Yes. Definitely your manual dexterity has to be on point for that level. Well, and it goes a bit beyond that, I think. So let's, yeah, that's fine. Let's move to that one. So there's a lot of stuff that honestly isn't too tricky. The tricky part for me in this game wasn't so much the puzzle element as it was the first person platforming element. Mm -hmm. And so the one you're talking about, I believe, is the one where there's two giant, well, it's one giant fan and then another one below it, and you have to get oh, the... Oh, is that that? Was that is the, that not the one you're talking no, about? No, I was talking about the timed one, where it's like, you, as soon as you walk in the, the room, it's like this woman's voice comes on and says, like, intruder detected. Yes, intrusion detected, scanning. Yes, but I think... I know the one you're talking about, the, 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 one, the fan one. I hated that level the, because... The fan one was before that, I believe. Ah, okay. I cut that out because I wanted to block that from my mind. <laughs> no, I probably spent about half an hour trying to do this level, to be honest. Yeah, and that's... So there were two levels that just absolutely annoyed me. I, I want to say something stronger, but mm. we're trying to be clean here. <laughs> they really, really annoyed me. And the first would be the that one, the yeah. fan one, the two I know, fan I know one. exactly the one you're talking It's got a switch on the top of it in the middle. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. getting on top of the fan was... Already I thought, I'm going to hate this. But actually... That was no problem. You get launched high enough, it moves slow enough, and you can control yourself in the air that that really wasn't a problem. But then... Unless you're me. You had a problem actually getting onto the fan? Yeah, yeah. So you come in, and there's a the platform, and then you can boost yourself up onto that, right? Yeah. Then there's another, another boost to get you into the middle, right? Well, sort of. So you have to go to the edge of the fan blade. Yeah. You have to launch yourself up. Yeah. And then... You have to time it with the button on the wall to launch you yeah. back into the middle. That's what I was doing. You don't have to do that because I watched the playthrough and you can you can just stand on that middle one, on the on the one at the end, and just launch yourself directly into the middle. I tried, but I couldn't I tried get that, that to work. I tried that as well, but I couldn't. But I watched the, I watched the speedrunner of it last night, actually, before we did this, and that's exactly what he did. It's like, oh, I spent ages, like, up, thunk, hit me, in, and then I was always missing that platform by, like, a bit. Yeah. I just couldn't get onto that switch. Same. And once I landed on it, but I panicked so much, I was like, ooh, trying to, like, what do you call it, like, rebalance my character. I just fell off of it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't have that. When I finally made it on, I did make it on, but it took me ages. Oh, man, yeah. And okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> and having to look where the buttons are. There is one button where they did cleverly put a line down the wall. Yeah, so you can kind of face the wall looking at your button, and you know it's coming up. But I tried a couple times to do the jumping just from the Straight one on. on the fan blade, and that didn't work for me. But I also had trouble getting the run to work properly. Mm. This is always a problem for me when you have to push in the joystick and then a direction to make mm. it run. That button just doesn't seem to work on any of the controllers I've ever used. It's just not. Can you good could you me. reconfigure the controls? I didn't try, honestly. I knew it'd be a short game. It's kind of not worth it. If this was a 30-hour game, I'd probably try. Mm. But considering it was only supposed to be 40 minutes, <laughs> I didn't think I would need to. I did later, uh, we'll get to a point where I basically had to switch to keyboard and mouse because playing with a controller just didn't work. Oh, really? The controller worked, but we'll, we'll get into why I had to switch at that point. Okay. I very nearly came to it at this point. Mm. Just because of how much faster, and that's the biggest thing, is how much faster you can move the screen around using the mouse as opposed to the controller. Now, again, maybe there are settings for changing the sensitivity. Yeah, maybe. But I didn't really look into it. 
Then we get to your really awesome intrusion detected scanning and a whole field of lasers <laughs> that rises from the floor up. So you have a timed level. And I don't know how many times I tried to jump across, oh, like what we were just talking about, before I realized there was the button on the wall that I could do, and that was much easier. But then there's a tricky area with steps that pop out. Yep. But if you're standing yep. underneath the first, it'll, it'll send you right back to the beginning again. Many, many times. I did finally get past that. I got up to the next level, and then I missed a jump on some easy pre-done stairs. It's not even something that I'm <laughs> launching. And I fell through, and then luckily for me, the game glitched. And when it started me back up, the lasers were already above my head, and so now the timer was over for oh, me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that made my life so much easier. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that did not happen for me. Did this take you a long time to get through? It took me not, not as long. Actually, not as long as the fan, to be honest. Well, no, not as long as the fan. <laughs> but luckily in this level, and then there's a couple of levels that have this. They've got invisible checkpoints, and this has one. Once you get about halfway up, you'll restart from that spot again. So you don't have to keep on doing the bottom part, which is great. Because in this level... You kind of know what you got to do, but there comes points where I was just like racing against the clock to escape that laser. I'm just like, I wonder where this takes me. Oh, dead. Okay, do it again. Try it a bit differently. It's that final jump where you're like, you have to up, across, turn around, face the thing, up again into into the exit. That wasn't a problem for me, but I also wasn't under a time limit by that right, point. Right. So I think that, <laughs> that makes a big difference. The biggest thing that I think would have gotten me with the timed was exactly where I had died, and luckily the lasers were above me. And that's where there are three platforms that come out from the wall. You need to use two like stairs, and then the third one, you don't use it like a platform to jump across because it's too far. If I had been running to do that, I would have hoped that I could somehow launch myself far enough to get to the angled one, but that's not what you're supposed to do. No. You have to drop down in front of the third one to get it to... Baseball bat, you across. Yeah, that's exactly where the checkpoint is. Okay. This is one of the things I hate about this game and other games that do these achievements where complete the game without dying. Oh, is there one? There's one for this one. And it's just like, here's the thing. Little Nightmares has one as well, which is don't die. And I get it, but what does everyone do? They hack the save file. So they're just defeating the purpose of that achievement. Anyway, it's just an, it just becomes an obstacle that someone has to find a fix for. And it's like, just take those out of the game. They're so dated. They're not doing what you intended them to do. I suppose. But in a game like this, that's only, especially once you know what you're doing and people can speed run it in 30 minutes. Well, speedrun probably. Think, How long is your speedrun? I think eight minutes is the... Is the, is the record now? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, mine would be... 40 would probably be my yeah. speedrun. Yeah, I think it's more plausible in a game of this length. Yeah, certainly. In Little Nightmares, the not dying achievement is ridiculous. That's just... Come on. <laughs> but yeah, eight minutes? Yeah, I can handle that. There was, after that, a very interesting cube so there are these giant cubes they kind of open doors and they move things around oh this is the one where it's like, a, it's like a circle with a glass roof and you're looking down into it no oh, okay this one is where it's basically a moat of antivirus below you and in front of you there is a giant cube and you have two of these red giant button things mm -hmm. that you can click on and it rotates that cube around Oh, and, yeah. And yeah, on yeah. it, there is a little platform that you can pull out. And there's one more red thing off to the side that you can use to help get across. And this took me a few minutes to realize what it was doing and then also how to do it. Because I kept getting the platform there, but not with me on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed that. I was like, okay, the game still has something to make me think. Because at this point, it felt like, yeah, I was thinking but it was mostly it was occurring more or less. yeah it's becoming yeah. about timing and about it wasn't about stopping and thinking hmm. we then now we get to the reset room which this is where i thought okay i must be at the end because when i launched <laughs> up and i saw things that said reset i thought this is me resetting the computer but no 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 <laughs> <laughs> when i ran into the reset room the first time 
realized, oh, no, this is just so I can reset this room. Yeah. Which is clever. It's a great way to do it. And I, I actually really love this section. Get up to the top. Step on the blue button, which will raise all the doors. Hold them open with the three red things you have. And then as you go through, you gain one more bar with each room. So your puzzle is going to get a little bit more complicated each time. And this is also where you really start to learn how to block the lasers. Yeah. The fact in this one, typically you need to have a block on both sides, right? Yeah, usually. Yeah, so this is not the kind where you just block where it's coming from. Yeah, because they're they're coming from like both directions, yeah. The next one was a matching floating blocks puzzle. So there are a bunch of blocks, just cubes, floating in the air and a grid of 25 red on the wall. It's a perspective puzzle. Yeah, so you have to get to the right perspective and then just bring out the three that would match the blue ones. Yeah. Very cool. It just looked great. And the thing was, it teases you with some of the stuff that's about to happen because you can see it through an electric field in the Mm. ceiling. And so I was playing with that first, going, well, I don't understand how this is going to work at all. (laughs) And then realized that I was overthinking it. I was looking ahead. Yeah. And that's the thing, because after this, you go through that weird tunnel with the blue line where you walk along the blue line and it changes gravity, yeah. sort of. You are now underneath everything and you have to do the clamps, which drop the ceiling down so you can do the next part. And there's a weird jumping through these lasers with these huge... Ra- it's great that it doesn't matter how big the red thing is. It only requires one energy every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. Because there's one absolutely monstrous one you have to move in this one, but it only costs one. (laughs) (laughs) But this will get you to, I believe, the tricky timed lasers. So there's a whole field of lasers, a kind of maze you have to go through blocking them. But the red blocks only pop up for about three seconds at a time. So you have to time it and move and get into the right position. yeah. Yeah. And also, you can't just stand on them because you get crushed onto the roof of for some of them. Yeah, well, for the first most one, of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. It was like, oh, I'm dead. Why? Oh, but I think that's what made this room the most tricky because at the end, I didn't want to stand on any of them because I thought I was going to get crushed. Yeah, <laughs> when really you kind of need to to get onto the long, thin one that pops out to get across. Yeah, but I enjoyed that. This again was just fun puzzle stuff frustrating when i'm in it but once i'm done it feels good but after this is the worst one of the entire game for me okay which one was that oh i think you know i've already done the worst one for me (laughs) the floating you're out in the middle of space there are these ribs of white platforms you have to jump across this is where i had to switch to mouse and keyboard Ah, okay i get across And getting across each little one is not too bad. But the puzzle element of you have to step on the button, raise two of the platforms, get the supports going, but you only have, again, about three seconds. So you have to get the supports for both of them going before you can get across. So you have to run and jump and shoot all at the same time. And it just wasn't fast enough. Even with the mouse, sometimes the angle that I would get on the red part would be so small that it would be difficult to hit. Really, I feel like should have cheated the (laughs) hitbox on that one a little bit and made it easier because it wasn't the puzzle element that was a problem. Yeah, it took me a couple tries to realize what I was doing, but then I knew and it took me many, many tries to pull it off. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with this level. Oh, I, I died once. I died so many times. It was, and it was all, it was on that last one because that last one is the last one is trickier because the, the red peg, I guess, that you plop in is, is on, the other side. on the other side. So you've got to, well, you got to start the jump first before you even put it in kind of thing. So, right. Um, and then I would get so close. <laughs> I would be that other red platform that you need to get to. I just wouldn't quite make that jump so many times. (laughs) So for me, this was the worst one. This is where I had to switch over to mouse and keyboard because with the controller, it just didn't seem to work. There was also issue of with the controller aiming 
it just wouldn't move sensitively enough. Sometimes to get to smaller things, it would move in increments. So I don't know if that's the programming side, if that's, again, something I could have changed in the options, but it basically made it so it was not possible. Yeah. But after that, we have a very interesting level. This is our deactivate the firewall level. So there are three sections that we must get to. I like this section. And we have to solve each one. There is the area with the red platforms and red bars where they have red bars within red bars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was quite interesting. There was the three islands that are moving at different places. You have to put up red barriers to stop one and stop the other to get it timed so that you can jump across. Mm-hmm. Probably the easiest thinking-wise, but one of the trickier ones yeah. platforming-wise for me. And then the last one, which did really stump me for a long time. So this is the one where you have to, at least the way I did it, mm-hmm. launch yourself up, get a thin bridge to pop out. Yeah. And then that thin bridge is going to pop back really fast. So you have to bring this other wall down from the ceiling to stop you just on the right spot on these three blocks that yeah, kind yeah, of telescope right. up. I cannot tell you the number of times <laughs> I tried this one. This one was really, really tricky. The timing, even with using the mouse, getting all three things was very, very tricky to do and you have to keep doing it. And the number of times then I'd fall and you have to start all over again. Yeah, I'd rather be dead, to be honest, than have to retrace my steps and go back. Just, just kill me and just start me off at that part again, please. <laughs> I also found that even with the telescoping three, a lot of times it wouldn't get me quite far enough. So even that, even after I already, again, one of the most frustrating things about a puzzle game is when you figured out the puzzle, but you can't do it because (laughs) of the, the mechanics or because it's just this platforming thing that you're not good at. And that's, Mm. that's where I was with this one. I love the timed bridge. I love that you can bring that wall down. But honestly, I did think that it was easier to just time a run and jump across. Mm-hmm. So if you jump at the right time and the bridge would go out from underneath you and then you could just land uh-huh. on the okay. telescope, thing, yeah. that worked better for me mm-hmm. because it was so difficult to get the three things to go every time. Right. Yeah, you do that. And then you get to the center of the whole thing. You step on it. And you corrupt everything. Plant the virus. As you're running through this tunnel, everything is falling apart. Oh, yeah, this is the last level. This is the gauntlet, yeah. Yeah, and then you get to a sort of, I don't know, iceberg of... It's almost out- outdoors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of things you have to launch yourself across. There's a really cool bit that annoyed me till I understood it, where this giant block comes down. Falls down, yeah. And you just have to wait to die at that point and start over. Yeah. And then you get to the end, you look back and you see this castle falling apart and it says the end. And it's a fantastic ending. Yeah. I like, I like those kind of last run gauntlet kind of levels. Yeah, this was a lot of fun because it wasn't, it wasn't too hard, but definitely died a few times because you the, the lava is also rising as well. In this yes. level, so well, I don't, I don't think the lava's rising. I think everything is sinking into. Oh, it. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a cool game. That's it, and for free, can't go wrong. As you said, hopefully something more is coming. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing a Red Trigger two, even if it's even if this was just like a prototype, which it sounds like it was. If it was just a like a school project, I mean, if he actually made a whole game of this, some new mechanics, some story, some extra story, yeah. And with that. We are going to talk about Gravitas. So, Gravitas. I love Gravitas. Yeah, I played it a second time yesterday because I knew we were going to talk about it today. Loved it just as much a second time. Maybe even more so because (laughs) I realized how put together it really is. It just seems like a really polished game. And still shocked that it's free. They could have easily charged... A dollar. (laughs) Yeah, a dollar at least, right? I mean, our thing is an hour. And even knowing how most of the puzzles worked, remembering how most of the puzzles worked, I think it still took me about an hour to get through. But part of that is I would stop and listen to all of the things (laughs) they were saying. 
But that is something, right? The voice work in this one is fantastic. The dialogue is actually funny. Yeah. And there's a lot of other funny things about it. The names of the rooms, like (laughs) Now You Die. Yeah. (laughs) And then they put them on the wall. (laughs) There's just a lot of things going on here. And I love all of it. Like, I really, really enjoy it. There are a lot of achievements to this one, especially for a free one-hour game. I don't have all of them. No, I've got 50%. There are apparently sharks you're supposed to find. I don't remember ever finding any of them, though I have one achievement, so I must have... I've got one, but I don't remember seeing a shark. <laughs> yes, I don't either. So I don't know if I'm going to end up having to do a walkthrough to figure those out, but... I this is the kind of, of game to. that I would want to do that for, yeah. I want to see what I was missing. Yeah, exactly. We are going to start off in a shuttle pod that is docking, and it has the classic waiting music. Yeah. <laughs> the initialism of Gorg, G-O-R-G, so it's the gallery of refined gravity, or maybe redefined gravity. It pops us into a waiting room where there are all sorts of cubes on display you push the button man. <laughs> they, they pop up and you can read the descriptions <laughs> I mean, they're very funny descriptions as well like the one is a hollow cube and we don't know how they did it but this hollow cube weighs yeah. 15 tons or something it's great <laughs> i like the, the crimson cube whose parents were murdered so he became a superhero <laughs> and throughout this whole time i don't know if you have to stand still to get this bit of dialogue or if it just does it until it stops. But it will constantly say things about dangerous loitering happening. Right. Like, so so she, the computer voice, will keep saying these things about loitering and, and those kinds of things. And the character we're going to know as the curator is saying, oh, no, I want to stop bothering me. I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> this is my thinking time. I'm looking at this window or something. <laughs> Eventually, they will run out of things to say, and that's when you can walk towards the door, and the curator will pop out. And the curator, I love the look of the curator. Yeah. A floating cube with a couple of parts that come out. The em- facial, emoji face. Yeah. Emo- but different emoji yeah, faces. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, yeah, it can, it can change around, so it's like, a, it's just like a TV screen that flashes up emojis. But it's not just flashing emojis like, say, the robot on Moon, but different colors, different shapes. They do a lot mm. with the little that they're working with. And I love that. I think that it works so incredibly well. And he's going to float through and there's always these square holes in the wall so that he has a place to go to. Mm. We're going to go through. We're going to get our glove, which for some reason he calls the A-A-E-A or ah! <laughs> <laughs> we need this to simply build a gravity tunnel Hmm. not a light tunnel (laughs) but a gravity tunnel to get us across the gravity tunnels there's like a wall that is high wall yeah and that's what you can use i love everything about that it's just so intuitive to go well there's something weird on the wall aim it there if you fall down in the pit there's a way to get back up yeah and apparently according to one of the achievements you can jump across without actually using the gravity did you do that one? no no but i saw that yeah okay we will get into a waiting room so much like the elevators and portal here we have every time between we have a waiting room we have bathrooms we can't get into we have water fountains we can't drink out of and usually interesting things out through the window yeah we get into the first room and the curator tells us that this is he often refers to things as being as though they're art. He has a very pretentious way about him. Yeah. And this one is called Ascension, and you see the whole platform in the middle rise. So obviously the idea is to climb. And just by having the room designed the way it is, it teaches you some of the different ways to raise yourself up, pull yourself across, and up to the top where you get your first giant... These are giant cubes that they use in this game. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to push a button and get that across so that you can walk across so you know kind of everything that you've done before i don't know if this would work as well for people who haven't played these kind of games before but for us at least i'm assuming very natural yeah it was like just coming home (laughs) (laughs) 
So you pop up, you get into room two, which is called Now You Can Die, <laughs> which is brilliant. Because now there are death lasers. We are introduced to Bartholo Cube, who will basically protect us as we go through the different lasers. We need to keep moving this cube around to shield us. There is a line in this first room where the curator says, Oh, wow, that was pretty fast. I mean, this took four years to build, but okay. <laughs> That's funny, but it also sets up things for later in the story where the rooms aren't finished because they take so long to finish. Yeah. There is a puzzle where we have to basically get a bunch of cubes into a floating river of gravity. I like this level, actually. This was really cool. And then build a little bridge across. This was zero problem the second time through, but the first time it took me a little while to figure out exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I did so many things where I was jumping into that river of gravity and trying to get myself across or do something else. I thought you only needed one, and then I was just trying to make the jump. But yeah, you don't jump very far in this game. Yeah, so you need all three of them, but yeah, I mean, the, the big hint was he's t he's telling a story, isn't he? Like, and the one one went into the river and blah right. blah. Yeah, so that's my mistake. That was actually in room one. Room two, you're moving Bartholomew Cube across, and you're just having to ride it around. This is also where she will start to say that the ship is malfunctioning and that we should evacuate, <laughs> but the curator keeps trying to ignore oh, that. No, no. <laughs> leave us alone. We're uh, we're testing. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to use the cube to get across. Then you pop up some stairs. You have to bring the cube back to you, get across. And then there's a small hole that you can launch yourself up through. But this prevents the cube from going through. Yeah. It's an emancipation grill without being an emancipation <laughs> yeah. grill. And I actually really like that. I think that that's a clever way to do this that could actually be explored even more than I did now. Room three is called Surprise. Where, <laughs> surprise, and the pendulum with a cube attached to it will break the glass right in front of you. Yeah. And you're going to have to move across around the room, eventually getting to the top, breaking other glass to drop the cube so that you can get down to the bottom. More broken glass, yeah. To break more glass. To yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> I think they even make a point. It's like, who resets these rooms? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, uh, I think in the next one, perhaps is the one where he says people often ask about why is there so much glass to break? That seems kind of wasteful and dangerous. Yeah. And he said most of the people who ask that are now dead. So uh, <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> which does get us into room four, which is called I'll Tell You at the End. You now have a cube that is built of these gravity receptors so that you have a portable launching pad that you move around this the first time did stump me for a little while this is the one where there's like lasers and you gotta float it across to the other side of the room yeah man i i don't know why because once you do it it's like god this is easy <laughs> but i was stuck here for ages trying to do this this was the first time when i played it i stopped playing and I came could, back to it later i could get it across but i was like but how do i get across uh, and I, I must have spent like 20 minutes and then, oh, it's like, that's, that's how you do it. It's so simple, actually. But then there's the next part when you get across and you got to like get them on top of each other stacked. Or at least I did it that way. That's interesting. I did it that way the first time. But not the second but time? But not the second time. Okay. Because there's lasers around ground level. Right. That is how I did it the first time. So what I did this time, I didn't. The lasers are low enough that essentially... This time, I dropped the gravity cube on the other side, mm -hmm. and then I got the regular cube in front of me and rode it across uh. to the gravity one. But the first time, I did what you did, where I really worked hard to stack them one on top of another so that the gravity thing would carry me over top. That's why I did. Yeah. yeah, so there are two ways to do that. I think a lot of these are probably a couple different ways. And in fact, the thing is, there's a glass room you have to break at the end of this one, and I've done it twice now, but I still get the response, oh, nobody ever solves it the way it's meant to be. Mm. And I, there's an achievement for solving this puzzle the way it's meant to be. I still haven't done it. So I don't know if I'm supposed to get myself up and over without breaking the glass. 
which I think sounds well. I mean, that would that be the only other way to get in, wouldn't it? You either break the glass to get in, or you would have to go in through the roof. So there probably is another way. I may take a look at it, or I may just see somebody else doing. Yeah, but I think that that is something that we love anyway mm. about puzzle games is when there can be multiple ways to pull something off. Yeah. For room five, this is where the curator is kind of mad that we're going through too fast. He goes in. We can hear him drilling and doing all sorts of things to try and build a room very quickly. The wall between the bathrooms cracks, and there's a portal field. There's a, <laughs> a gravity field there on the wall, so we can bring this cube through, break the glass, and then get back through to the other side. We're now in room 12. Yeah. Skip ahead. <laughs> the curator is looking for us. Oh, yeah, this part actually scared me. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Oh, I think I put in these two-way mirrors wrong. <laughs> I can only see myself. <laughs> and then he pops around the other side. Okay, I've got you now. Oh, only me. Yeah. You can see me. <laughs> I did jump at that bit, though, because I didn't expect that coming. <laughs> so great. And then, yeah, you just have to get yourself across, move the gravity cube over, and then get yourself back I was stuck over. here for a while as well, first time. Well... My only time. I've only played it once. I think I was as well. The second time, though, was, oh. Yeah, it's so, it's so simple. This is one of those where don't overthink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, as another part of this is probably, the for me, the greatest and most difficult puzzle of the game, where there's a pit in the corner of the room, and how did you solve this? I made a bridge. Yeah, okay. So I made a bridge as well. I'm assuming there's probably another way to do it. The way I built the bridge was I, even this time I messed it up the first time because I forgot. So the way I ended up doing it was getting the gravity cube over to that little well by the stairs mm -hmm. and then bringing the other three over. Yeah. And then hopping that's, across. That's, that's okay. what I did. So because I solved it that way, I'm assuming that's probably the easiest way. But I, <laughs> I suspect that there's probably another way to do this one. <laughs> but for some reason, the first time, boy, I was in this room a long time, I just couldn't seem to quite figure out what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I kept trying to get the, even this time I tried to get the gravity cube to be over on the wall and then get myself across. But once you put the gravity tunnel on the cube to pull yourself over, it falls. Right. So it'll just yeah. launch you onto the room, not where you want to be. Maybe I suspect there's probably some good platformer players out there who were able to get the timing right to do that maybe, and jump uh, across. Maybe that's the speed run. That's version. not me, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I think that that puzzle works very well. Room 13, the curator stops you with a web of lasers and says he's going to keep us there forever. He's usually so shy about wanting to show his work and worried it won't be as good, but he loves the fact that we're there viewing it. There's all sorts of meta things about yeah. needing the external validation but not wanting to put yourself out there and this is where you're going to essentially be able to get Bartholocu back in your life to break through the glass so you can get through so you can drop down into the lobby and out into the escape pod as i assuming the whole ship has yeah exploded. exploded and that's the end of the game it's a great short adventure the story is there, the dialogue is there, the puzzles are there. I love it. I would love to see more from this team and more like this. And this is exactly the type of thing that I want in a short puzzle adventure. It leveled me up the way that it should. It scaffolded all the information. It was tricky enough that, like I said, the first time I had to stop at one point because I was getting too frustrated. Mm -hmm. But overall, it works very well. And I played it once. I've played it twice, and at an hour, it's very likely I'll play it a couple more times at some point. Yeah, I mean, even just to get those last achievements, if you can try and grab them. Same with Red Trigger, it's not too hard to go through it again. I like this game a lot, and I knew I was going to like it, because I'd never heard of it until you'd said it. Because I, I suggest, yeah, I suggested Red Trigger, you suggested this one. And yeah, I'd never heard of this one. And yeah, But even just looking at the store page, I was like, oh, hello, Wheatley. <laughs> I'm going to like this. And yeah, humor's on point. Graphics are great. Mechanics work well. There's definitely a few... I, I ran into a few glitches where my cube got kind of stuck. But it's easy enough to reset the levels. 
And yeah, it's got like a decent hint system in there as well. Even like because there, there was one point where when I walk through a door, oh, that's the end of that level. But there's a point where he says, oh, um, I think you left a cube back there. He tells you to bring it with you, and I was like, oh yeah, I should. Oh, see, I, I didn't get that. that this time because I. You knew did. what you were doing because it happens early on in the game. It's like room two or something like that. It's the one where you have to levitate on the cube, like an elevator almost. And then just I walked in, but he's like, "I think you left something back there." Like, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> Thanks for that. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, this would be impossible to finish without it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really good, and it makes me interested. Like, I wonder how many other really good free games are out there. I bet you there's tons. I'm sure there probably is. We probably have some on our itch.io account. <laughs> I've got about 1,700. <laughs> I think there are a lot out there. Are there a lot like this? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't even think that there are a lot of polished, already made, ready-to-go games like this. I mean, we're... Like Paid-for games, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're running always low on these kind of first-person puzzle games that we actually like. And if we can get more of these, if we can get more red triggers, more gravitas, more... Short adventures, I, they don't always have to be a Portal 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love another Portal 2, right? But they don't have to be. And if we can get more of these, if we can get more people interested, I think it's probably easier to get people to sit down for an hour than to sit down for however long it takes you to get through a full game like Talos Principle. Mm-hmm. But I would like more. And I'm very glad that we did this. And if you... Dear listeners, have found free games that you like. They don't have to be first-person shooter puzzles. They can be anything. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Put it in the comments. Let everybody know. I want us to explore more free games because I think there's a lot of good out there. And if we can get people to love the free stuff, then maybe some of these developers will also make some even bigger and better paid stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Next time. Today we are going to discuss Slaughterhouse 5. That are adult themed in a way that, yeah, it may not be safe for work and certainly not ideal for children. And like, you know, Wait, just so like, was this the first time that you've read it then? Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't remember this. I thought I I thought I had read it at school, maybe, but nah, I've not read this before. Chapter one. Uh You told me when you were listening to it that you had a bit of difficulty getting into the story. Yeah. And I suspect it was because of chapter one. It might be, and probably is. But now looking back, I, I, I kind of appreciate chapter one. I mean, there's a reason why this is taught so much. There are so many bits of symbolism. There are so many connections that you can make. And the timeline is very confusing, especially when it comes to the movie. All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.